This is MSCI Perspectives, your source for insights for global investors and access to research and expertise from across the investment industry. I'm your host, Adam Bass, and today is April 1st, 2021. No fooling. Today, what's the deal with value? While numbers vary in different parts of the world, the last 10 or 15 years have not been good ones for the value factor. Headlines like, is value investing dead? have been common. In fact, that very one ran in Forbes just this January. As we spoke about on the program the last time Hitendra Varsani joined us, also back in January, value investing had experienced an upturn during the last quarter of 2020. My first question for him this time out was, has this trend continued? Absolutely. So the last time we spoke, we discussed the strong performance in value after the U.S. elections, the early vaccine announcements, and also the improvement in economic indicators. And that trend in value outperformance has continued uh, throughout the first quarter of this year. Um, So MSCI, uh, ACQUI, the All Country World Index Enhanced Value Index, has delivered about headline return of about 11.7% versus about 4.6% for the parent index up until 26th of March. And we're seeing similar patterns across uh, regional markets as well. The logical follow-up question, of course, is why? Sure. To understand the recent performance, we tend to look at and reflect on long-run patterns in the data sets that we have. And so we've recognized in our research that value typically outperforms other factors uh, during economic recoveries and early-stage expansion, Value we've written about has outperformed during periods of high inflation and rates. We published a a blog last year around this. We've also recognized that factors that have done well continue to do well, so they tend to be trendy. We've also uh, acknowledged that uh, valuations of factors can become stretched and crowded, and that can also be an indicator of future performance. In this case, we're on the opposite side. Value's been unloved. It's simply got uh, a lower and lower Uh, expectations of future earnings relative to price, and it's just been discounted. And finally, uh, market volatility and credit spreads uh, have also been useful indicators for for value performance as well. I think the question on investors' minds is uh, how long this can continue. An important question. For now, however, it would appear that investors have taken notice. If we look back uh, over the last 12 months, probably about exactly one year ago from today, we were in uh, deep conversations with institutional clients about how value has been performing in the recent decade and how uh, it could potentially be a turning point given uh, the recovery in uh, equity markets. Fast forward uh, six months, we've seen significant inflows into value ETFs, and those inflows have outpaced growth ETF inflows and have outpaced inflows into other factor ETFs. So investors, in particular retail investors who trade ETFs, have shown conviction in value outperformance. It'll be interesting to see if this continues from where we are today and if values outperformance can be maintained. Getting back to understanding the performance, though. So we've seen value outperform uh, at the stock selection level. And that's been fairly uniform across sectors. Have we seen uh, value from sector selection or country selection or region selection? Yes, we have. So sectors that had underperformed last year 
that were discounted in terms of valuations have been leading the market in this recovery. So technology has lagged the broader market this year. Sectors like energy have outperformed. They had much lower valuations to begin with. Clearly, that's been supported by the oil price as well. Now, I guess one misconception could be that value has been concentrated in these sectors like energy and industrials and financials, but that's not the case. Actually, we found that stock selection based on valuation metrics within the technology sector was actually the most fruitful. Now, does this work uh, in terms of countries as well? I think that's to be seen. Uh, U.S. has continued to show strong performance versus other markets. And so expensive countries have outperformed, but it's, it's questionable what, how long that's going to be maintained for. That's definitely interesting when you talk about something like information technology, right? I mean, I know you talked about stock selection being more important, but that may be a surprising sector to hear for some people, given it's usually thought of as a, a growth sector, no? That's right. Uh, technology as a whole is seen as a growth sector, but what's changed in the environment is the macro picture. So expectations of interest rates and inflation have been uh, rising uh, in the U.S., and that's had an impact not just on the sectors, but also on staff factors as well. And you could argue that value has been a beneficiary uh, from rising rates and inflation, and that's been pervasive across sectors, including the technology sector. Despite more recent performance, as I mentioned at the top of the program, and Hitendra also spoke about a bit, value has been unloved for a long time now. To truly understand what's going on today, though, we need to dive down a bit into what being unloved has really meant. To gain some perspective on this, we spoke with... Hi, Adam. So I'm Saurabh Katyar. Uh, I'm part of the Index Solutions Research Team. And here I'm responsible for research to support new and existing indexes, uh, including factor, ESG, climate, and thematic indexes. Right. So first of all, uh, the value underperformance, which we have seen, has been pretty universal. Now, in a previous research, we looked at the performance characteristics of value funds and found that value funds in aggregate, they have underperformed the broad market. In fact, uh, when we studied the performance of the top quartile of value funds, as defined by the intensity of value exposure, we found that the funds with higher value exposure reported greater underperformance. Now, to study the regional disparity of the performance of value factor, what we did is that we used the MSCI enhanced value indexes as a proxy, and we actually drew some interesting conclusions. Value did underperform across regions globally, but value in emerging markets fared relatively better as compared to developed markets. So, uh, for example, MSCI World Enhanced Value Index underperformed MSCI World by 4.1% on an annualized basis over the last decade. But when we see the same for emerging markets, here MSCI EM Enhanced Value underperformed by a relatively less severe 90 basis points over the last decade. Okay, so now we're really starting to get somewhere. It's been a bit of a longer drought in developed markets than in emerging markets, but in either case, we are talking about the last 10 to 15 years. And regardless of where you looked, you did see a sharp distinction between the first and second decades of this century. 
So you said decade a couple of times. I know there's definitely a disparity, it sounds like, between the first and second decades of, of the 21st century. What did you find when you, when you dug in, when you broke down that performance even more? So, so here again, uh, what we did is we used the MSCI World Enhanced Value Index as a proxy to see what changed between these two decades of the 21st century. Now, uh, MSCI World Enhanced Value underperformed MSCI World in the second decade, but this was actually a very sharp contrast with the previous decade when it had outperformed MSCI World by 6.6% annually. So it's been a story of two very contrasting decades for value factor, really. Uh, but to get back to your question to what changed, uh, it's actually been a combination of factors. The first significant change uh, was the contribution from style factors. So while in the first decade, the style factors contributed positively and significantly to performance of enhanced value, in the second decade between 2011 and 2020, the style factors were significant detractors from the performance. Additionally, what we saw was that stock-specific or the asset selection returns had a relatively large negative impact on the performance over this period. And sorry to go backwards here, but to do so, uh, you mentioned earlier that even though value definitely did not perform well in the emerging markets, its performance was relatively better compared to in the developed markets. What was behind that? Yeah, so that's that's an interesting question, actually, because uh, value factor, what we saw, it had a relatively better performance in emerging markets as compared to the regions. Uh, so this was uh, demonstrated uh, by the comparatively better performance profile of value descriptors like uh, book to price and earning seal. And both of these factors are actually used in our MSA enhanced value. Coming back to the present, Hitendra mentioned a number of differences in the markets and the economy right now that may be driving values outperformance. But as our conversation continued, it became clear that these differences, well, they're not all equally relevant. Some were more pronounced than others. I think the, by far the biggest has been uh, economic recoveries and early stage expansion. It's that period where um, there's been a high degree of risk aversion in the market and value stocks have been the most vulnerable. Uh, but during turning points in markets, they're one of the first uh, style factors to bounce back. That wasn't the case uh, last year. During COVID uh, recovery, it was the tech sector and the digitalization of the economy that led um, the market. But now we're in a different stage where through vaccine rollouts, businesses can get back to doing what they do best. And um, now we're actually seeing that reflected in, in sectors that have had been uh, hard hit and also uh, value stocks as well. Recently, uh, especially into 2021, in the value factor performance, value funds, value indexes. So zeroing in on that period as well as the end of last year, in light of your research, what do you make of the recent better performance for the value factor? Yeah, I mean, so the scale of the value rotation has actually been pretty sharp. Uh, uh, we saw that the last quarter of 2020, it had actually one of the highest quarterly active return for MSCI Acqui Enhanced Value Index. And that outperformance has continued this year as well. Uh, the headwinds have been a macroeconomic regime, which is more conducive 
to the performance of value factor, uh, the economic indicators have been improving. And historically, this kind of recovery has been positive for performance of value factor. Uh, value indexes across regional and international markets have been uplifted as a result of these investors increasing their expectations for higher growth. Additionally, the early signs of recovery, which we are seeing for the businesses and sectors which were hit hardest by the pandemic, they are also helping the value rally. So the recovery in the real economy, thats has that historically been better for value? Yes. I mean, we again, uh, we have covered this in a previous research paper uh, when we have looked at the various macroeconomic regimes. And uh, we have found that the early recovery period for the economy is usually good for the value factor. There's still a big dislocation between what's happening in terms of uh, on the ground uh, and, and how people are living their lives versus what's been happening in the market, which is showing um, a high degree of optimism. But one has to keep in mind that uh, the backdrop is more stimulus than we've ever seen in the history of mankind. And that's clearly going to filter through the system into the real economy. That's what's driving market expectations at the moment. And what that has been um, reinforced is in expectations of rates and inflation. So with the Fed uh, allowing the economy to heat up, effectively providing more stimulus without raising rates, uh, that's increasing infl- inflation expectations. And that's having repercussions in terms of how equity markets are responding. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, tech sector has been negatively impacted, whereas value uh, has been positively impacted. Energy is positively impacted because it's exposed uh, to inflation. Inflation, rising rates, not usually terms that are associated with welcome messages for the market exactly, but you're mentioning these as a positive for value stocks. How how does that work? So as lockdowns ease and people get back to spending, uh, this concerns that the economy will get too hot and prices rise too fast. And that effectively leads to an upswing in inflation. And that's expected to coincide with higher growth. Now, that's negative for bonds, because inflation erodes the value of money in the future. Um, For equities, uh, it can be somewhat of a mixed picture. So inflations and rates are not always tightly coupled, but rising inflations is usually managed through higher rates, but with uncertainty in terms of the timing. So if rates rise, then longer dated cash flows are discounted further relative to shorter dated cash flows. And so growth stocks might be relatively more impacted than value stocks. Second, high inflation could be a sign of heating up of the economy or or a growing economy. And so more leveraged companies may outperform uh, due to outsized earnings growth. So there's a couple of points to consider here. And uh, it's not a simple, clear-cut exercise. Of course, nothing in the markets is guaranteed. We've seen upticks in value before, even over the last 15 years. Hatendra and I spoke about some of the risks as well. So first is that economic recovery stalls and the market's expectation uh, doesn't materialize. Second is uh, inflations and rates could remain subdued. Third could be some unexpected market shocks. Uh, volatility spikes, we experience uh, another sell-off, and that could potentially be negative for value. 
And if we've learned anything this year, we've learned that anything is possible. You know, we may actually need a new word for shocks. Another consideration are the value spreads. So I mentioned that the valuation spreads of value versus the rest of the market has been at historically wide levels. But if those companies uh, have evaporating uh, earnings, then without any pricing movement, they also become less value. And so that's a risk as well. And from a more structural point of view, perhaps how we define value could have changed as well. Oh, well, that's interesting. The macroeconomic regime over the last decade has not been very conducive for the performance of value factor. Now, uh, did that mean that value factor broke down? Uh, We don't think so. But another explanation which has been provided by uh, academicians and other practitioners has been that maybe the traditional valuation ratios used to measure value exposure could be updated. The traditional value ratios, historically, they have relied on the fundamental accounting measures like book value. But over time, the business models have evolved. Uh, We have seen that profits and growth are increasingly being driven by intangible assets such as uh, R&D expenses. And the importance of these intangible assets is sometimes lost in the existing valuation ratios. So uh, not only does the value definition need probably needs to be updated, there might be some adjustments to the portfolio construction techniques, which might help control the impact of these non-value factor exposures and the stock-specific returns, and these could again be helpful for value investors. I guess when you think about it, it might actually be more surprising to learn that is value dead hadn't started to morph into is value properly defined. We'll follow this research as it develops and as we continue our quarterly Factors in Focus series. That's all for this week. A big thank you from co-producer Joe Colavecchio and me to Hitendra and Sarab and to all of you for listening. For more on Factors in Focus and the value factor, visit MSCI.com. And for those looking for more ways to access perspectives, we're now available on YouTube. Tell your friends. Next up on Perspectives, picture this. Your refrigerator notices you're out of milk, orders more, and pays for it with a currency that exists only online. Now we know this is no longer science fiction, but is a digital life better for the environment? We'll discuss what the answer could mean for investors with analysts from MSCI and ARK Invest. Until then, I'm your host Adam Bass, and this is MSCI Perspectives. Stay safe, everyone.